saw both Jessica and Ashley Simpson together. Jessica Simpson. I belong to me. Simpson and Nick Lachey. All you newlywed couples out there, can you imagine allowing a camera crew to follow you around day and night? Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? Hey, what's up? I'm Ashley Simpson. Please welcome Ashley Simpson. Coming up, Ashley Simpson right here on the VIP. With Ashley Simpson, I'm so excited. She said, I want to be a role model to girls. Now it's time to take a peek into the lives of the Simpsons sisters, Jessica and Ashley. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host Leah and today we are back to newlyweds. I know that you guys have been loving the Lindsay series but you're missing good old Jessica and Ashley. So today we are doing a fun episode called the Kentucky Derby. I'm sure you all remember Jessica's fabulous outfit and hat and today I have a guest on who's a first time guest. She has been a listener for a while and I always enjoy chatting with her about Jessica, Ashley, and Nick. We have a Nick fan on the podcast. Finally, everyone welcome Jenna. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on because you always have really thoughtful comments about the podcast and I can always tell when you're like binge listening or something because you're like leaving all these comments on the Instagram and I love that because it's just fun to have that discourse because I think newlyweds starts a lot of conversations about like couples and arguments and relationships so thank you for listening and commenting and you've you've been listening since the beginning right yeah I think I found you guys like a few weeks in it was because Danny Pellegrino reposted something that you got you had posted on your Instagram so then I was like wait what is this and I clicked on it and I found you and I immediately listened to it all sent it to my other friend who's a big Jessica fan and we both binged it immediately (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Wait, I didn't even know that Danny Pellegrino shared something from the podcast. It must have been him, right? I mean, because he does his Jessica Thursdays. It had to have been him. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know that. (laughs) He must have. I don't know. I don't know how else I would have found it. I don't, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think back, but I'm pretty sure that's how I found it. I'm pretty sure. Well, that's amazing. Anyone who loves Jessica, I'm very happy that (laughs) they would be spreading the good word of my podcast. So you are a pretty big fan of Nick and 98 Degrees, which is good because I am constantly putting Nick down. (laughs) And (laughs) it's always good to have a counterpoint on a podcast. You know what I mean? True. And yeah, we do have a few other Nick fans that listen. And every once in a while, I get a message that's like, you know, you go a little too hard on him. So what do you think? Do I go too hard on him or is it fair? Um, most of the time it's pretty fair. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think like Jessica did play up the whole like dumb blonde thing for the camera. I do think he sometimes played up his role too. But yeah, most of the time I think your opinions are pretty fair. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I try to be fair when he does something nice, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. 
Um, he definitely has like that caveman mentality a little bit sometimes. And, um, but I think for the most part, you're, you're pretty on, on target there. (laughs) Thank you. So how did you get into Nick and Jessica? Like which one were you interested in first? Um, I was a 98 degrees fan first when I saw either VH1 or MTV were doing like a music video marathon, you know, back when that was all they showed and it was before TRL. And they were showing their Because of You video. And I saw Jeff Timmons and was like obsessed from the second I saw him. So I immediately went out to the store, bought their first two CDs, and I was completely hooked. And then Jessica, I grew up listening to like, my parents only had oldies on on the radio. Like I didn't know what current music was like basically until I found 98 Degrees on MTV. So I didn't hear I Want to Love You Forever right away. I had a a friend that I skated with that skated to I think I'm in love with you for some sort of charity show that was happening and that's how I found Jessica so I was like what is this song and then I was immediately obsessed and it was like right before the where you are making the video was on tv because I do remember watching that like live so that yeah that's how I came to like both of them it was pretty close together I would say but 98 degrees was definitely first So were you like super excited when you saw that Newlyweds was happening? Oh God, I was beyond excited. So (laughs) excited. I mean, I was obsessed with their relationship from the get-go. I was, I, because they were my favorite boy band and she was my favorite of, even though I did, like you, you talk about all of them. I liked all of them too. I liked all the boy bands. I liked all the singers. Um, I didn't get the whole competition between them all, but I was just so obsessed with the two of them since they were my two favorites. It was just, oh. I was so excited. I love hearing about you getting into 90 Degrees from watching the music video marathons because that was, I feel like that was such a big part of my day as a kid, waiting for my faves music video to come on. Oh yeah. Recording it, (laughs) like having the VHS ready to go. Yes. I remember doing that with when they had the premiere of Oops, I Did It Again, like the first time they ever played it on TRL. Mm -hmm. I had literally a VHS tape of it and I tore off a piece of the newspaper that my mom had been reading so that I could write down the lyrics and learn them (laughs) and watch the dance and learn that Mm -hmm. exactly exactly Mm -hmm. so what's your favorite 90 degrees song who um I would say three-way tie but I'm one of those that like I typically don't like the like I like the singles but usually my favorites are like the deep cuts so um, I love yesterday's letter which is on their revelation album still which is on their 98 Degrees and Rising album, and then Impossible Things, which is on 2.0, the one that came out like almost 10 years ago. And do you think Revelation is their best album? Because I hear no. that from a lot of... Really? No. 98 <laughs> Degrees and Rising is definitely their best album, for sure. That's their second one. That's the one that has like, I do the hardest thing because of you. Okay. Yeah. And they're your favorite out of all the boy bands? Yeah, but I do love all of them. I know. It's hard to choose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely went through phases where I liked all of them. Like, 98 Degrees from the get-go, and then like Millennium came out, and of course... I love Backstreet Boys because Millennium was amazing. Then No Strings Attached came out. So, of course, I was all about NSYNC when that came out. But 98 Degrees has been my favorite throughout. And what do you think it is about them that makes them your favorite out of the three? I honestly don't know why I gravitated to them so much. You have to look at NSYNC as the dancing, and they're the most entertaining for sure. I think it's just their voices, how well they go together. I love when they sing a cappella. They sing a cover of She's Out of My Life by Michael Jackson on their 98 Degrees and Rising album, which is phenomenal. 
and they're they did acapella i'll be home for christmas on their christmas cd it's there's their acapella is amazing yes i love when they do acapella their voices are so just pretty like so pretty together yeah they really are i miss when it was cool to have that type of voice like i feel like nick has that textbook I don't mean this in a rude way, but like wedding singer type of voice where you can kind of sing any slow jam well. Like I feel like you could put anything. That's one thing I will say about Nick as a talented artist. Like you could put any like slow jam in front of him and I'm sure he could learn it in like three seconds and it would sound perfect. Absolutely. I think he has that like perfect, like it's not this amazing out of this world voice, but it's just so good at singing everything. And is Jeff your favorite vocalist in the group too? I don't know. He definitely, he has like the highest voice of them for sure. Like when you hear, if you listen to Take the Long Way Home on 2.0, his voice, it's unbelievable how it goes. I, I just love Jeff's personality the most, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him when he did a solo show in Boston right before I moved to Florida. And he was absolutely amazing. He, we took a picture together. It actually just came up on my memories on Facebook a couple days ago because it was 12 years ago exactly to the day. And uh, I made him like pull up his sleeve so that we could see the 98 degrees tattoo in the picture. He totally humored me. Like he was, he was just awesome. <laughs> so how do you feel about Nick removing his? I was so devastated when he did that. <laughs> I don't get it. Why would he do that? I don't know. It's like, it's part of your past. It, it was so weird. Yeah, and it's not like they broke up and had like a terrible. I mean, maybe you would you would know better than me, but was there like animosity around that time or something? I don't think so. There were always rumors flying around when Nick and Jessica were still together in the beginning of their marriage that Nick and Jeff kind of had a thing and the rumors were always that Jeff didn't like Jessica. Oh. And yeah, it was weird. And then like when Twitter became a thing and like people were you know, joining Twitter, joining Twitter, Nick and Jeff didn't follow each other for a while. Like hmm. close to the time where 90 Degrees started touring again and getting back together, they followed each other. They're obviously, they obviously get along well. I've met them at meet and greets and stuff and they clearly get along well now. But yeah, it was like a, it, it was always like just a rumor mill thing. Not many fans have heard it. Like um, Susie, who runs the Still Loving 98 Degrees website and stuff she had never even heard that rumor so it was definitely just like on the message boards back then I don't know how true it is because I've seen Jeff even post repost some of Jessica's tweets and comment on her stuff before so they I I don't know I but it was very weird that he filled in that tattoo wait so so in recent obviously if it's Twitter this is years past their divorce you're saying jeff has like retweeted jessica mm-hmm. it, it's not like recent recent like i remember seeing it when we were living in our old house and we moved ooh, seven years ago so it was at least seven or eight years ago but i remember seeing him retweets i think she commented about him being a nice guy or something and he retweeted and was like thanks and commented back it, and i was like whoa <laughs> because i had heard those rumors so i was very confused <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like Nick so rarely talks about Jessica, and anytime it comes up, he seems very annoyed and just very standoffish about it and doesn't really want to talk about it. So I wonder how he felt about Jeff retweeting her and, like, interacting with her like that. Yeah, and I think that was back when him and Nick didn't still didn't even follow each other on social media. Ooh. I think, yeah. What was weird, though, is that I remember seeing pictures of Jeff at Nick's bachelor party before him and Vanessa got married. So I don't know. It's a whole, who knows? I mean, following each other on social media isn't exactly the the biggest judge of how well people get along. You never know, but 
it was yeah. it just was interesting. I remember noticing that back then and being like, hmm, I wonder if those rumors were true. <laughs> yeah, I wonder too. Or maybe he just had a crush on her or something and he felt maybe. weird about it. <laughs> maybe. He was married then though. Yikes. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow, the pop star drama. I love I it. I know. <laughs> so you told me once that Nick serenaded you. Can you tell that story? Yes. So w- they did that reunion tour like when 2013 when they got back together and they toured with New Kids and Boys to Men. We bought tickets to the meet and greet, my friend and I, and she had tweeted all of them because it was three days after my birthday that we were going to the concert. So and we knew that at every meet and greet, they were picking one girl from the meet and greet to be serenaded on stage during my everything. The other three girls, they just plucked out of the crowd, like at random. And so my friend was tweeting all of them a few, like on my birthday being like, hey, wish her happy birthday. You're going to meet her in a couple days, like reminding them over and over. And then tweeting at them when we're on the way to the meet and greet. And then she told them when we were in the meet and greet, like, hey, that that's the girl whose birthday was the other day. And they're like, and Drew's like, oh, that was her? Oh, great. We're all wishing me a happy birthday again. And then their social media manager messaged my friend once we got to our seats and was like, hey, what, what are your seat numbers? We're going to come get your friend later. And they brought me on stage. <laughs> And so I was the one who was like right in the chair that Nick, like Nick has most of the solos, obviously. And he has, they only sang like three quarters of the My Everything song that night. So they only sang Nick solo that night. And then like the chorus a few times. I got Nick for the solo. So he was right in front of me. And then I got Drew for like the second half. He kissed my hand. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's so exciting for your birthday too. Yeah, it was really cool. And then I don't know, were you a One Tree Hill fan at all? No, I was I was on the OC side of things. Okay, so Nick was a guest star in season six of One Tree Hill. He played himself, and he went on a couple dates with Sophia Bush's character. And he keeps trying to, like, be friends with everybody. And it became this, like, catchphrase in the episode. They all keep saying, stay out of it, Nick Lachey. <laughs> so my friends and I are big One Tree Hill fans, too. So we made a stay out of it, Nick Lachey sign, and we brought it to the meet and greet. So we took our regular picture, and we were like, we're also One Tree Hill fans. Do you think we could also take one more? And they're, like, looking at me confused. And I unrolled the sign, and Nick just started laughing. And we are like, we need you to, like, stand to the side like you're staying out of it. So he he humored (laughs) us. He was great. He crossed his arms. He made this, like, angry look on his face. And the rest of us are all smiling off to the side holding the sign. It was awesome. He tweeted me afterwards and was like, that was hysterical. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's yeah. awesome. It was really great. So in person, Nick does not give off the um, grumpy vibes from the show. No, not at all. They are all so great in person. Yeah, I mean, that would be really sad if he was that way toward, you know, people that are paying to see him and yeah. <laughs> telling him they love him, you know? Yeah. So that's good to hear. And have you ever done – someone messaged me about these meet and greets that they would do, like, in their dressing rooms. I've never that- heard about those. Oh, that's yeah, because I, I thought that was kind of weird. Maybe she maybe she was just saying that like as a shorthand for like backstage or something, but I was like dressing room. <laughs> I mean, who knows what they were like like in the 90s slash early 2000s when meet, like I, I never even knew about that meet and greets existed back then, but I know they did. So maybe she went to one back then and that's what it was like, but I hope not. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. So 90 Degrees still does pretty well with the touring, huh? Yeah, they did that tour with New Kids, and then they did the, I think they called it the Y2K tour with, like, LFO and Ryan Cabrera and something else. Um, And then they did a Christmas tour, which I saw them in a few years ago. That was awesome. We were right in the front row. And then 
they did another Christmas tour the year after they didn't come here and they've just consistently toured since then. I mean, obviously COVID kind of put a stop to it for a while, but they've been back at it. It seems recently. So they've been pretty consistent about it. Well, good for them for being able to maintain this success that, I mean, undoubtedly what, you know, was never as big as in, you know, what, what, when was their height? Like 98 to 2002, uh, 2098 to like 2000, early 2001, I was, I would say, mm-hmm. cause I know mm-hmm. 2001 was when they pretty much disbanded. Like, you know, how Jessica always talks about like September 11th was when she and Nick got back together. Mm-hmm. So the Nick was flying home from like 98 degrees, basically last show that they had done. Oh, wow. What a, what a dramatic time for Nick. Yeah. <laughs> so it, they, and then they 2013 was when I saw them with new kids. So it was a pretty large chunk of time that they weren't touring together and then came back with a new CD and a tour and they've been ready to go ever since. What do you think about Nick's first solo album, Solo? I I don't even know the last time I listened to it. (laughs) (laughs) I love this, I swear. If I looked at the track list right now, I could probably tell you a couple other ones that are decent, but for the most part, I you can throw it away. <laughs> yeah, what was happening? I don't know. I I don't even I couldn't even tell you if he wrote any of the songs. I, mean, I would I would wager a guess he probably didn't heavily write on it. It just doesn't sound like it's funny because it's called solo, like S O U L O, but it doesn't sound soulful like like his music usually does. Like it doesn't sound very emotional. It was just kind of going solo for solo's sake because Justin and Nick Carter were doing it, so he might as well, you know? Yeah, he doesn't seem that passionate about it while watching Newlyweds. Mm-mm, not at all. He didn't seem into it at all. It, it, yeah. I think it was just like he knew 98 Degrees wasn't doing anything and it's like, well, I got to do something. I might as well try this. Do you think that maybe he wasn't really ready and then once everything went downhill with the marriage and the divorce happened he had fuel to actually make something that was more close to his heart I would think that makes total sense now that you're saying that I think he Mm -hmm. needed some sort of inspiration I think on the newlyweds episodes you'll hear him talk about like how he wants to break out of the 98 degrees mold he doesn't just want it to be like 98 degrees so and when you think about 98 degrees you usually think of those like sappy love songs and when you think of songwriters, their best material comes from their life. And if he was trying to not be like that sappy love song guy, like 98 Degrees, what else was he going to get inspiration from, you know? Like he had nothing else to write about. Then when he had Heartbreak, then he had something to to talk about. And I think that's why his second album was so good. Yeah, I mean, even people who really disliked Nick that come on this podcast are like, oh no, that second album is good. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, I feel bad for Jessica because right. I mean, it's very like it's very like Justin Timberlake crime his his version of Justin's Crime Your River. Right. Um, but I, I would say Justin's is obviously worse because you know. But yeah, I th- I think he just needed something to be motivated to write about, and I just don't think he had that with trying to break out of that mold for his first album. And what was your first impression when you started watching Newlyweds? It was hard because I often watched it. Like my mom and dad would pop in every once in a while and all they would do was make fun of her because (laughs) like, they're like, she's so stupid. She's so, why won't she just do anything? She's so lazy. And I just wanted to defend her. And then like now as an adult, I can see, 
even though Nick took it overboard a lot of the time, I can see why he got so frustrated. I mean, I definitely think they should have lived together before they were married. I know they couldn't, but I, I don't think they would have gotten married if they had gotten to live together. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that's tough. I definitely feel like when I'm watching it, I'm like, well, why did you marry her? He didn't you know. know. Like, I, I guess he really didn't know because I... This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I would also be really frustrated with the messiness and stuff, especially... Because even I feel like in marriages, little things that add up over time are worse than big fights sometimes. And absolutely, because the resentment just like festers. Yeah, yeah. So if she's just constantly leaving all her stuff around where it's not supposed to be, and if you know, if he doesn't pick it up, then it doesn't get picked up. Like that would really piss me off, actually. Yeah, and I think it wasn't even just that she was doing it; it's that it was constantly like, "Well, you know, my mom just picked up after me." She just made excuses like, "This is how it was with my mom." Okay, but you're not with your mom anymore, so now it's time to be an adult. Like she, it didn't seem like she actually wanted to change the behavior; she just wanted to make excuses for it. So I totally get why he got so frustrated. Yeah, and this is a – what was he, 29 when they got married or 28? Yeah, because we saw his 30th birthday in the first season, right? So he must have been 29. Yeah, early 20s and late 20s is like two different people. Totally <laughs> know, different. At least for me. So it's like I could totally – I mean I, I totally get his frustration. And I do wonder – because I don't know that much – about him personally so I could see how it would be frustrating for you as a fan who's like met him and stuff and gotten a feel of what he's actually like in person to then see him on the show and feel like oh he's maybe playing up this um kind of primitive idea of marriage in the show because she's supposed to play her role of like ditzy and silly and he's supposed to play his role of like stern no, Jessica, this is what we have to do kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I do think he was definitely raised in that mentality of like the guy's the guy, the girl does the cooking, the girl does the cleaning. Because when you see him and Vanessa now, like you can tell Vanessa does the cooking. Like she'll post constantly of her cooking. I'm cooking this for Nick. I'm cooking this for Nick. So I definitely think he had that like picture in his brain and he didn't want to change that picture. Um but I do think oftentimes he probably played it up a little bit. I think he thought he was funny or I think maybe <laughs> he thought it would appeal like that would get some guy fans for the show because they might agree with him. That would be my best guess. That's a good point. I could see him thinking that because obviously I think most of his fans and Jessica's fans were women. So Definitely. especially if MTV is pushing it and saying, well, we want to get more of a demographic on this you know it's so big already but it's catching fire we could make it expand even more definitely yeah like they put in scenes you know in this episode I mean it's bizarre to me that like half the episode is the Kentucky Derby and half the episode is dealing with like animal dropping I know and cutting legs off a table like I know oh my god Nick is just like it's like he read a book on like how to be a man cut furniture yourself (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. You can tell he has such pride in it though. Like he wants to know that he did it himself. Like he does not want to admit defeat. He does not want to admit failure. He knows like I can do this. I'm going to be the man and I'm going to do it. Right. And that's in the very first episode when they're all talking about like, oh, why can't we just hire movers? And Nick Mm -hmm. is like, no. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That scene with him and Drew pulling that dresser or something across the ladder onto their balcony. I laugh so hard every time at poor Drew. Do you got it? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna go inside you got it no it's poor Drew I know and it's like you are rich (laughs) oh but but you also have to think about it now now that you know that 90 degrees had stopped in 2001 he had no money coming in I mean some money coming in but he's probably thinking at that point like what is next for me is this it yeah I wonder how much the 90 degrees royalties were back then you know not much i mean what could it have been they didn't have like number ones right if they did it was probably una noche but i don't even think that went number one yeah i loved that song though i i could still dance to that (laughs) oh i I, it's so good and when they do it live it's great (laughs) but yeah i mean i think that's how i like in my head kind of excuse how he wants to do everything himself is that you figure music business is so fleeting and at that point he didn't know what was next or how successful he's gonna be he doesn't want money flying out the window. I think it was kind of like he had that Adele mentality of like planning for the future. And she was in that 20s mentality of like money is endless. Yeah. And especially once the show exploded and she started making tons and tons of money and he was making less money, I'm sure he didn't even want to have that conversation because he does have these kind of male ideals pounded into his brain from his upbringing you know Mm -hmm. I still even though I'm not you know a fan of his I still feel really bad for him because I think that it must have been really really I mean even for a normal person it would be embarrassing but when you're famous and you have an ego and you're used to women just crying and screaming in the crowd and suddenly you're just kind of like hanging around the house and cutting up the furniture and like fixing the lawn and Jessica's like invited here and there and he's getting edited out of commercials and you know like kicked off of the Rolling Stone cover like that that can't be easy for anyone Uh, yeah I know I can't imagine how that felt for him it doesn't excuse any of his behavior but I'm sure that was I, I always wonder like will we get I don't think I'll write a memoir. There wouldn't be enough interesting things to to put in it. But like if we ever got his side, like I I really wonder how deep he would go of like admitting how like basically emasculating that was for lack of a better term. Yeah, it would be, it would really raise my opinion of him a lot if he could acknowledge it in a better way than he has. Because I don't like how he acts in interviews when it comes up, but it sounds like to me like anytime it does come up, he's just trying to like move on to the next subject as quick as possible. Yeah. I think that fans of newly would really appreciate him just like acknowledging it a little bit more and saying I've grown so much since then like I would never talk to my wife like that now or something because it seems like he and Vanessa have a happy marriage you know I always make jokes of like Vanessa if you need help let us know like we'll come pick you up it's okay like we got you but they seem fine and they have such cute kids you know it seems like it's going well yeah I've I've I I always wonder if he'll ever say anything, but I feel like he's probably in that mode of like anything I say is going to be twisted and become clickbait. And he's probably afraid of saying the wrong thing. Like before I talk about One Tree Hill, Sophia Bush was married to Chad Michael Murray. And anytime anyone brings him up in an interview, she immediately tries to tell him like, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. Because as soon as she says something, it turns into a twisted, insane clickbait article. And it is, it becomes absolutely chaotic for her. So I think he's, that's probably why he's at the point where he, if her name comes up, he immediately tries to 
push it away because he it turns into something every single time. Yeah, I mean, I do these episodes for our Patreon where I do like a roundup of all the Jessica and Ashley news that week. And a lot of the time the articles are like nostalgic articles where nothing new even happened, but I still read through them and stuff. And a lot of the time it's just like like a, a reporter will ask Nick a question about Jessica and he'll just be like, yeah. And and it's like a whole article. <laughs> and it's like – what you know like he doesn't even say anything but they're like nick lachey confirmed this secret about his marriage to jessica simpson and i'm like no he didn't i know he didn't (laughs) (laughs) oh and that's when he says nothing now imagine if he said one like comment that could be misconstrued as like snarky or something i think that's just probably why he doesn't say anything and i think it's probably out of respect for vanessa too i can't imagine it's hard i can't imagine it's easy for her to constantly hear about his gorgeous ex-wife that he did a reality show with and be compared to her. I'm sure it upsets her when she's brought up too. Even though she knows they've moved on, I'm sure it's not the best thing for her to hear about. Of course, because I think there's still such a strong public image of Nick and Jessica. Yeah, It's amazing how that's endured over the years. And she probably feels like, gosh, you know, I've been with him for almost 20 years myself now. Yeah. And we have these three beautiful kids. We host these shows together. Everybody knows that we're together. We had a wedding special on TV. Like, let's all move on. And mm-hmm. nobody can. Nobody can. Now that, now that I said it, I mean, I'm sure that's most of why he doesn't say anything is because he's going to pay for it at home later. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I would read Nick's book, even if if none of this had happened with my podcast or whatever, I would totally read Nick's book because – I just have a fascination with this era of pop stars and all that kind of stuff. So I would really want to hear not just about newlyweds and Jessica and stuff, but just the whole experience of being a singer, you know, him and Drew and in Ohio and all that kind of stuff and having a normal life because he didn't become famous super young like Jessica. Right, because they were on the older side of the boy bands. Like the rest of the boy bands had like the younger 18 to like 25 or so and they were – all older and Mm -hmm. plus they were the only boy band who really put themselves together too so it would be cool to hear about that whole process because like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys are put together by Lou Parlin but 98 Degrees was started by Jeff yeah that is so interesting how 98 Degrees wasn't kind of stuck in that machine of the boy band world yeah because they were very much like more of like the Motown in the beginning Mm -hmm. like they wanted to be like boys to men and their first record label was on I think a label called Motown so they were definitely more towards the R&B like if you listen to their first album it's definitely more of that R&B feel um it's Mm -hmm. not like that poppy feel that you get later on it's interesting because I think they didn't really I think maybe one of the reasons why they broke up is because they didn't get stuck in that kind of whirlpool the way that other groups may have like they were still like a cheesy boy band but I feel like they didn't go as far with like you know the extravagant outfits and like performances and tours like I feel like their stuff was more rooted in just the four of them kind of like singing is that accurate do you think for the most part but they do have some pretty wacky outfits Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah. They actually recreated one of them when they did that Y2K tour. Where it's like these like bulletproof vest almost type things. It's very weird, but like with no shirt underneath. Yes, I've oh, seen fun. that. Okay. But yeah, that's the only one that's really sticking out. I know there's more because they've made fun of them. Like there are videos of him, of Nick and Drew, like looking at old pictures, like from <laughs> photo shoots and stuff. And they absolutely look ridiculous. But I don't think they weren't as gimmicky, I would say. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, I I love InSync. Like InSync is my favorite out of the three. And sometimes 
like when I watched their it's gonna be me video I'm like why were you doing why were you guys Barbies like what (laughs) I don't know and I love that video too but you're totally right like it was it's so weird I do love it because they had all five of them had that super goofy fun personality and every time they were on a behind the scenes or a making the video I was always like like even though they were cute and everything when I saw their personalities that's what really made me be like oh my god I love them like Mm -hmm. I wish I could go out with them you know or something like that and I so I get that they were just trying to have fun at that point but it's just like the ma- the heavy makeup and everything it's just like okay you know you guys are talented like just chill I know oh gosh that video it's classic <laughs> yeah well uh, my favorite 98 degrees video is my everything like I love that video actually I'm so and, excited when that came out yeah not just because Jessica's in it although I think that that part is so cute where she's like a waitress and everything mm-hmm. but I love all of their little stories that they go into like I think it's a really moving video it is it's really really good and it fits the song so perfectly it does and then it's cut in between these weird desert scenes (laughs) those are weird yes I wish they just stuck to the stories (laughs) absolutely because the stories kind of felt like a WB show it was like they were plucked out of Gilmore Girls or Seventh Heaven or something and then it would just like cut to them in I don't know Abu Dhabi or something (laughs) like where are you Oh my gosh, now I need to watch this video again. It's so good. I really enjoy watching it. It is. So how did you feel when you found out that Nick and Jessica were getting divorced? Oh my gosh, I remember. I Okay, so it was the week of Thanksgiving and I was in college. I must have been my, it was 05, right? So it was my junior year. I was an RA, so I was always there like until we closed for the break. Like I had to stay until the last day. I remember reading and it was like the day before I went home and I even though I knew it was coming, everyone knew it was coming. I was still like, it was just a gut punch. Thanksgiving will always remind me of Nick and Jessica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's their holiday, you know, they, they claimed it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you follow Jessica's career after Newlyweds as much as Nick's? Oh yeah. Um, but I definitely like post breakup album. I mean, after hearing her story through open book and hearing why she did a public affair the way she did I have an appreciate more of an appreciation for it but I was not an a public affair fan I love sweet kisses irresistible you know has I mean forever in your eyes is in probably my second favorite Jessica song the it best. has great ones but then also a lot of clunkers um mm-hmm. and the skin is obviously my favorite public affair I just wasn't that into I mean I have a couple I like but I love her country album love oh it's so good it's so good I'm so happy to hear you say that because I feel like even a lot of big Jessica fans are like "Eh, I'm not into country and I'm like it's not about the country it's about like her words and like the passion that she has for it you know yeah and I would say really only come on over is really the one that sounds like country country the rest is very very pop with like a little bit of a country twist I would say yeah so yeah I agree it's even if it was super super country though I just feel like it was the most Jessica that she kind of let herself be honestly because I love a public affair but I I feel like it's kind of a mess like it's like a roller coaster sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm disoriented listening to that album and come on over is just so cohesive and it feels like her yeah you can tell that's what she really wanted to do all along right like she I talked agree. about kind of wanting to be like an Amy Amy Grant, I think, is what she always said. Kind yeah. of like a Christian. But I, I can see like 
country was where she probably should have been. Like if she came out like around the time of Carrie Underwood, she would have been golden. Oh my God. I could totally see her in that kind of trajectory as well. And I mean, she can still do it. You know, I'm really curious to see what she wants to do with her next album because she literally just said last week that music is coming sooner than we think. So I I don't know what that means. I I hope hope so. And I still want the open book songs to be on Spotify. I know. It's so inconvenient going to listen to them. It's really bad. Like I... Horrible, but I mean, I have the I have the audiobook, but I hate opening up Audible to listen to them. So I shouldn't say it, but I downloaded them from YouTube, like with a YouTube to MP3 com- converter. There we go. Um, <laughs> so that way I could have them like in my files to listen to. But yeah, like Jessica, anyone who's bought the who was going to buy the audiobook has bought it now. Like you don't need to keep the the songs separate because of the audiobook. Put them on streaming. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I did I downloaded them too. I mean, I bought the physical book and the audiobook, so I did not feel bad about it. I was just like I need I need easier I need access to these. Yeah, but I I would love if she did a country album. I would love CMT does that show Crossroads where it's like a country act and like a non-country act and they sing duets of like they They'll sing other songs, but then they sing each other's songs, like, together. I would love it if she did something like that. Ooh, with another country artist? Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. And then, like, kind of propel her back into the country world. Yeah, I wonder if she would ever, like, want to do a Taylor Swift type of thing. That would be good. In terms of, like, I mean, I guess that that could mean a lot of things, but I guess I just mean, like, she's already put herself out there so much with the book regarding all of her relationships and... I could totally see her coming out with an album and being more open about what they are actually about and what parts of the book they're inspired by and kind of like keep bringing it to the book and not like, oh, I'm writing a song about Nick Lachey 20 years later, but yeah. being like, oh, this is this is about this part of my life from this part of my book, you know? Definitely. And kind of blending country and pop and different styles. I could, t- I could totally see her having a lot of success with that. I know. I agree. And are you an Ashley fan? Yes. So how did you become an Ashley fan? Through watching her reality show. I mean, I knew of her as being a dance, a dancer for Jessica. But once the reality show started, I was completely on board. I saw her, she was at Kiss Concert, which is like this radio concert that Kiss 108 in Boston used to do every like May or June, where they would have like basically every huge musical artist from that year, anyone who had a hit basically came and it was like an all day concert started like at lunchtime and went until 10 30 a night or something so jessica was really big that year it was like 2004 i believe and then ashley's show was on at the same time so ashley was like in the very beginning of the show just did a couple songs jessica was like the closer like the headliner oh wow yeah so she was great she was really good that day and then i won well my mom won technically calling to get tickets to see ashley and do a meet and greet when she came to Boston that summer, like right before the album got out. So I actually got the the album signed that day and the album wasn't even in stores yet. It wasn't in stores until I think the following week. So I got the album like before everyone else. (laughs) Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, it was cool. And then I saw her live. It must've been, did she do an autobiography tour? It must've been an autobiography tour because then I Mm -hmm. saw her live again because she sang like some of the unreleased songs from autobiography. I know she wouldn't have done that for an I Am Me tour. So it must've been autobiography when I saw her. She was great every time I saw her. That's so exciting that she did unreleased songs. Yeah. I want to say she sang Harder Every Day. I think. Really? I love that one. Oh Uh, my God. Me too. So yeah, she was great. I mean, I, I will say I, Jessica's my favorite obviously, but autobiography has to be of all of their albums combined it has to be the best one 
I know it is. I love Jessica so much, but I don't think she's ever had an album like that where every single song hits that hard and is yeah. that good. Yeah, because I mean, I, I will even skip a couple on In the Skin, but Autobiography is just wall-to-wall fantastic. I agree. I agree. And I think that was a really interesting dynamic for them to have with Jessica being number one and the star forever. And then suddenly Ashley comes out with this album that is, by all accounts, I mean, I don't want to say it was a mistake that it was so good, but Ashley was like very, <laughs> you know, on the show, she was like, she was like late to her sound check. She oh was like gosh. late to all of her meetings. She was dealing with acid reflux. She was like switching writers and producers. She was like complaining about everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this girl really, she really like pulled it together. They got the right people to work with her and get yeah. her on the right path to to really translate her her feelings into this oh, amazing yeah. album. It was like all of her success was against her will. <laughs> like she fought to make sure that didn't happen sometimes when you're watching that show you're like come on (laughs) (laughs) I know it's like girl so much is being handed to you on a silver platter right oh gosh yeah rewatching it has definitely been I'm just like I can't believe this album turned out so well because when you think about all the elements that have to come together to make even a good album like even just a solid album from somebody I think it's it's amazing that there aren't more just terrible albums and the fact that it was so good I know it still resonates with me so much today like even more than it did when I was that age I think she's probably wise beyond her years in a weird way yeah that album is just so good it's funny that you say that it was all against her will because I feel like it still is like we're all like screaming (laughs) into the void like Ashley do something and she's like here's another brand deal with Gap Kids or whatever. Here's another commercial for Applebee's. (laughs) I I still can't believe that they did an Applebee's ad. (laughs) Gosh. Why? Why? I mean, they're both like, they're both like a music industry royalty and they're like sitting at Applebee's (laughs) with their boneless wings. Like what? (laughs) I mean, hashtag relatable, I guess, but. (laughs) It is. I mean, yeah, it's relatable, but I'm just like. Really out of all the brand deals, like seriously, I if I was their agent or I don't know like how they get their brand deals, but like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if Applebee's called, like I wouldn't even call them and ask them about that. I'd just be like, no. <laughs> so funny. Oh gosh. Well, you know what? Everybody has to do something with their time. Hey, you know what? She's bringing in the money and barely doing anything for it. So go, for, go her. Wish I could yeah. say the same. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, I'm like working like, you know, dawn till dusk. And if I could just record like a Applebee's ad, I probably would. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into this episode, the Kentucky Derby. Now, have you been like me rewatching Newlyweds over and over over the years, or had you not seen this for a while? I haven't seen it for a while. So I definitely rewatched every time I bought like the DVD box set, like as soon as they came out. But I don't know the last time I have watched in a full episode clips here and there like when you'll bring them up on the podcast I'm like I gotta rewatch that and I'll pull it up just to to rewatch it but I don't know the last time I watched a full a full episode MTV needs to pay me because so many people are watching this show because of this podcast <laughs> I know oh gosh it, you're right like you keep bringing up on episodes like how it's just like reality TV isn't like this anymore and it's so true. Like, I'm watching it. I'm like, this is just so refreshing. Like, you can tell it's just, like, it's a fly on the wall. It absolutely. Like, they play up their characters a little bit, obviously, but it's not like it is today. Yes. Have you been watching the new Kardashians show? No, because I cannot stand them. 
Okay, I that's fine. I I don't have any issue with people that can't stand them. I I don't know why I'm interested in them. I but I am. Like I don't love them or hate them. I just kind of I just kind of watch. That's how I would explain it. And I only watched the first episode because it was weird. I felt that the show and I didn't even watch the last like couple seasons of their old show cuz it just got so bad, but the new show felt both more real and more fake at the same time. Ugh. Which was so weird. Like I could tell that they were they were genuinely trying to be like more relatable and like let you in and like really see what their lives are like. But it also was just so like there's all these, you know, sweeping shots of their huge houses and then like, you know, zooming in that they have a Rolls Royce and they get out of the car and they play this like, you know, song and like trying to make them look so cool getting out of their cars and stuff. It just doesn't appeal to me. Like I'm I'm just like, yeah, I know, like they're rich and they have they have fancy cars like I want to see something else like I want to see what they actually do during the day and like now that they are so successful how do they manage that and you know keep their family together and deal with all these kids that they have and all that kind of stuff and I feel like if they filmed the Kardashians the way that they filmed newlyweds that would really be like the innovative thing because everything comes full circle and right now Y2K is so popular Mm -hmm. and I'm just like imagine if they literally were just like no, like we're just you they're just literally going to follow us around and like if there's poop in the yard, that's what you're going to see. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to see really glamorous stuff. Like that's what I love about Newlyweds is there's this awesome blend of things like getting all dressed up and wearing a designer gown and going to a gala at the Kentucky Derby and then there's like they're just sitting home, Jessica's reading a magazine and Nick is talking to the exterminator. Like mm-hmm. that's what ma- that's like the secret sauce that makes the show so good. And yeah. I just I don't know why nobody's thought of that with like this multi-million dollar like brand and family like just make just strip it down like you've gone so big why not actually be real you know know. they'd probably gain so many more fans if they would do that like I haven't I obviously haven't watched the show because I've never watched them but there are a couple people I follow on Twitter that will post stories I think it's like Ryan Bailey does and then I know there's another one I can't think of which account it is right now but they're posting like pictures of when they're in the, the talk to the camera confessional type thing and then they're commenting on it typing the comments and I'm even looking at them in the confessionals and I'm like how many hours did you spend in the makeup and hair trailer just to talk to the camera for 20 minutes it's they they look so fake yeah why don't you just actually film what life is like because you're gonna you're gonna have those moments that have people like wow I wish I could be like that I wish I could have that like you are gonna have those aspirational moments because you've reached a certain level of success so you don't have to push it (laughs) yeah definitely yeah so this was you know this was the golden era for me it was (laughs) yeah so it opens with shots of like wildlife and like there's like a bunny and there's ducks in their pool, which that must be annoying. Like I would not want to deal with that poop in there. That's crazy no. to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, Drew is there just like he always is. And always, <laughs> always there. And uh, they're just staring at this big turd. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is newly wants. <laughs> and I wonder where Jessica was. She was probably like, I don't know doing an appearance or something somewhere not unbothered but Mm -hmm. this is actually a huge problem that a lot of homeowners deal with especially in california where daisy jessica's dog yes got eaten by a coyote awful it's so sad so if you do find something like this in your yard it actually is a really serious concern you can't just be like oh whatever you know animals are animals no like you could you could be getting attacked the next day yeah it was big 
it was really big and they're like oh it's just a raccoon but i don't i don't think it's a raccoon like it's too big to be a raccoon you know and it is like that it is they, they don't blur it or anything it's just like <laughs> poop you know i'm like I okay know. lovely oh my gosh so then it completely switches gears and we go with jessica shopping on rodeo drive i loved this scene and i'm not like a fashion person but I love just watching Casey just sit there drinking wine, like <laughs> hanging out. Like that would totally be me. Like you trying all the clothes you want as long as I can just sit here and drink my wine. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, totally. Casey had the best job in Hollywood at that time. I feel oh my like. gosh. That was another great thing to sidestep for just a moment about open book was that like the show really portrayed her as like this hanger on all that time. And then when you, when you read open book, you realize like she was killing it. Yeah, she really was. And it's crazy to me that she was already working for the label when, when Jessica met her and she had a lot of success and they really make her seem like she has nothing better to do in life that she's just like moving to LA because her friend became famous. So why not? Like I figured she was just a friend from home, you know? And they made her seem like she didn't even have a job. Meanwhile, she's like practically a big wig. So that was a really good thing about Open Book is that it totally changed my mind about Casey because I totally got my mind warped on her because of Newlyweds. It's so unfair. That's why I I don't think I would ever want to do a reality show unless I had final cut approval on what they showed of me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah, I loved the scene of her trying on all those clothes. Loved it. Me too. And they actually say it's the store from Pretty Woman, which is so cool. Very cool. I love that because they're basically doing the same thing. Like it's the same type of scene. And I love all of the outfits. Did you have a favorite one that she tried oh, yeah. on? I was taking notes as I watched. Um, <laughs> okay. I loved the first orange dress that she tried on. That Me one was too. gorgeous. Um, I loved the casual looks that she was wearing, like the jeans with the shirt. I loved that white shirt that looked like it had like wings. Yeah, you could tell there was a lot of 70s inspiration in that store at the time. So pretty. And then I love the dress she chooses too, but the first orange dress was just amazing. Me too. And I feel like she wore that. Didn't she buy that and end up wearing it? Oh, if she did, I don't remember. I just, maybe I'm wrong or maybe she had it altered, but I feel like I remember her wearing that gown. Or maybe it's just that she actually wore orange kind of often now that I think about it. Like, she looks good in orange. Yeah, like, I remember that dress that was, like, orange and white, like, kind of half and half. Mm -hmm. There are pictures from, of her and Ashley from that, whatever event that was. Yeah, that was the Golden Globes. I love mm -hmm. that dress. I love that dress. But, yeah, orange is definitely one of her colors because she looked amazing in that dress. I agree, yeah. And I also – I think that she wore a version of that black like really low cut bodysuit that she had on yes I think so too because it looked pretty familiar that was really nice too mm -hmm. yeah she looks so good and then she also had I think I guess we're doing an impromptu fashion segment right now yeah but it's kind of necessary for the scene you can't really talk about it without talking about <laughs> what she's doing and she loved she was like I'm so excited about this pink jacket and she had this like pink leather jacket on too mm-hmm that was so cute. And she even had that other that other orange dress with the bell sleeves and the white trim that was also very 70s inspired. Yes. Yes, I liked that one too. 
yeah, I feel like we were all growing up in this era where the 70s were coming back. Around 2004, it probably was like fading out a little bit, but I remember like having so many pairs of bell bottoms and stuff mm-hmm. and my mom being like, isn't this crazy? Like I used to have so many of these, I could have just given them to you. And now I'm <laughs> I'm saying that about the freaking 2000s. <laughs> Grab out your choker necklaces, your butterfly it's clips. It's so crazy. I'm like, I literally had all this stuff. Like when I walk into like Forever 21 or something, I'm like, I just, I I already had all of this. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter has a bunch of snap bracelets on her dresser that I had when I was little. It's so funny. Oh, how old is she? She's five. Oh my goodness. She's five and she's already into the slap bracelet. Oh yeah. Yep. I love it. She oh got it at Charger Box at school. She was so excited. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so she finally picks out a dress, which the one that she has on at the end is not the one she actually wears, right? Oh, I don't know if I noticed that. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch. Or they all altered it because it's it's definitely different when she's actually at the derby it's a similar it's very similar but it's not the exact same so then we go over back to nick and drew and they've moved on to their next home improvement activity which is sawing the table (laughs) legs and i feel like because the table i like yes it was a little high i guess but like I feel like they were just bored and they like walked around the house and they were like, what can, what, what do we do with our time? <laughs> and it was also so weird. Cause like, of course me, like nervous Nelly over here is watching them and they're out on the balcony, like in the dark. Like, why are you doing this? You're using power tools in the dark. Yeah. Go. You have 7,000 rooms in that house. Find one that's not being used that you can make dirty, do it in there and then vacuum it up afterwards. Why are you outside using a power saw? Right. I feel like they easily could have vacuumed it. Like it couldn't have been that messy. No, not (laughs) enough to warrant being outside where you could cut your finger off because you can't see it. (laughs) No, you're, oh my gosh, you're totally right. That's so funny. Plus they, plus they were drinking and Nick was like, well, who's had less beers? Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And then it looked so bad because they didn't, they, they messed it up. It was so bad, but that was, it was probably because it was a cheap table too. Oh, totally. I think that was one of the ones that Nick probably brought over from his bachelor pad because he had all that black, like, mm-hmm. furniture. <laughs> yeah, when they went and, like, emptied out his apartment. Yeah. In that episode, yeah. Yeah, they needed to paint that, but I'm sure that was an activity for another day. Nick probably got all excited, went to Home Depot, got the right black and everything, you know. <laughs> and fixed all the table legs, yes. I'm sure he did. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, I got glue on my table the other day, and because of this show – I knew exactly what I needed to buy. Goo gone. Which, goo gone. How does somebody <laughs> even think of that? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you could tell she's never cleaned anything. So like, she's like, goo gone. Like, what the heck is that for? <laughs> oh, know? gosh. That Home Depot scene. That's one that I had to go back and rewatch after you covered that episode. And I still laugh so hard every single time. And I think of it every time I go to Home Depot with my husband, too, because he will go there with a list of like three things. And somehow we're there for an hour because he thinks of 17 more things to get. And we're going Mm -hmm. down this aisle and that aisle and this aisle and that aisle. And I think of her every single time. Yes, me too. It's just so funny because she's like genuinely fascinated and amazed (laughs) by what she's seeing. Like, and it's, I'm like, it's Home Depot. (laughs) So hot in here. Don't they sell air conditioners? (laughs) (laughs) And actually great point. It is. It was a great point. That's the thing about her is like she'll say the dumbest thing, but then she'll come out with something that no one else is saying, but like we're all thinking. Mm-hmm. She had a very dumb quote from this episode that I made sure to jot down. Oh, I'm excited to hear. 
<laughs> oh yeah and i laughed at the part where like they see that it's messed up and uh nick's like oh it's fine and drew goes it better be fine because i'm not doing that shit again <laughs> <laughs> i love drew so much <laughs> i feel like he's not as into the home improvement as nick but he like helps because it's his brother <laughs> yeah and the, he's just totally roped into everything mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> drew was actually like pretty successful on this time wasn't he doing rent i think so i think yeah, you're right there's pictures of Nick and Jessica going and seeing him in it. So, mm-hmm. And then he did Dancing with the Stars pretty soon after that, I think. Because I remember Dancing with the Stars was already on when I finished college in 2007. So, And he was on like the first or second season, right? Oh, he must have been that because I barely remember that. That was, was a long time very ago. very early. I don't didn't watch it. I mean, I love Drew, but I couldn't sit through that. But um, <laughs> I know he won and it was one of the first few seasons. So yeah, he was decently busy around then. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he won. That is awesome. Yeah. Wow. He's really good. Like you can tell when you see them live, like he's he's a dancer. The other three are not. <laughs> and they, they admit it too. <laughs> good for you, Drew Lachey. <laughs> so then they all go out to dinner. They're with Drew and his wife, Leah. And then Casey's there fifth wheeling it. Mm-hmm. That's me sing- being single, just being like, oh, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> Just glad to be here. Yeah. So they're all talking about the situation with this animal and what it could possibly be. And Jessica keeps insisting that it's some type of bird. bird. I'm laughing <laughs> so hard. It's an owl? I don't – I mean, I don't know that much about birds, but I know that their droppings are like these tiny little things. Very tiny. <laughs> She's like, it's an owl. <laughs> and Nick is literally about to like divorce her on that table. Yes. And then the dumb quote I wrote down was from that scene. She said, it couldn't be a mountain lion. I just did a photo shoot with a leopard. <laughs> that was so funny. And all of them, too, like, lost it. Like, even even at the moment, they were like, what? Like, that is something my five-year-old would say. We found a turd in our lawn. Some It's like the fourth one. You don't think it's like one of the ducks or the birds? No. But it's literally like this long. Maybe it is a duck. No. Is it white? Stop it. It's not a duck. Because my shovel's on the side. Maybe it's the owls. You kill me right now. I know, but if you say another bird, I'm gonna lose my mom. (laughs) What was a mountain lion, dude? Don't cats don't don't cats always in the exact same spot? Yes. No way could it be a mountain lion. I don't know. Because, I mean, I just did a photo shoot with a leopard. (laughs) (laughs) Those things are vicious. It's so funny. It's like, oh, this is another type of large cat. Therefore, it couldn't have been that because I did a photo shoot with it and my leopard was very nice. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely would not come into my yard and do that. Uh, Absolutely not. And where – when did she do a photo shoot with a leopard? I don't know. I was trying to think. It must have been something that just never came out or never went viral. I have no clue. I think that's crazy because – oh, I just Googled it. Vanity Fair, August 2004. Okay, I see now. Yeah, she's holding a leopard like on a leash. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Jessica, holding a leopard on the leash is not the same thing as a mountain lion – pooping in your yard no not even remotely the same and honestly it probably was a mountain lion or a coyote it, yeah probably or like a dingo or something like they're in calabasas <laughs> yeah it had to have been something big like a mountain lion yeah it had to have that makes a lot more sense than a raccoon too and then at the end nick is like oh i think it is a raccoon i'm like why <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you never got any sort of conclusion for that. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, if you're going to include this absolutely pointless, like, yes, it's it's funny, but, like, 
if you're going to include this storyline in the Kentucky Derby episode, which is like so such a random thing to piece together, mm-hmm. then because I don't think it was around the same time because they're not talking about it at the Kentucky Derby or like, no. so why is it there? It, but then there's no resolution. Like we don't get to find out what it was. No. And it's what's so funny is that I'm, I'm watching it and I'm totally thinking of my husband the entire time because he would totally obsess over something like this just the way Nick did. Like I felt like I was looking into my future. This will happen to me. Um, <laughs> but Nick, I believe, talked about like setting up cameras and stuff. So why didn't he set up cameras? And then we find out what it is. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the things that makes it more real because on a show like The Kardashians where they they do map out their storylines perfectly so that there are conclusions, it's like everyone knows that show is fake and everything is set up. So it's like on Newlyweds, they probably just, whenever it was that they did find a resolution to that and they did figure out what it was or it stopped or whatever, I'm sure they just weren't filming. So it just wasn't captured and that's it, you know? Yeah. You think it would be mentioned though, like quick little confessional to the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Or exactly. like a voiceover that they loved to, you know, splice in there. Have Nick film that like as he's walking away so that you can't like yeah. take a clip of him walking away that wasn't even related and just put that little voiceover over it where like I found out what it is and it's a blah, blah, blah. Right. Exactly. Or just like someday be like, hey, can you just go into the yard and like we'll pretend it's six months ago and you can just say like, oh, it was a mountain lion or something. Yeah. I mean, if he talked about setting up cameras, you've seen how he obsesses over things. He obviously would have set up those cameras. He would have found out what it was. It was just so strange that we didn't find out. Oh, yeah, I agree. So they, when they have this conversation, they end up freaking themselves out. Like at the restaurant, they are like scared. And then, and they're all like screaming. And then they get back to the house and Nick, like, Casey and Jessica stay in the car and Nick is like creeping on the side of the house like (laughs) looking and seeing if there's something you know and he's like if it was a mountain lion he's completely unarmed like he's just you know like he's not what is he gonna be able to do that they can't do with a mountain lion honestly he'll just fight Um, it off with his machismo I guess exactly and uh and so then he comes back and they're like terrified and they're all like screaming and they start playing this really dramatic scary music and they play all of these animal noises that are happening like at the same time that are obviously like just their stock noises that they have and there's like an owl there's you hear like a lot of flapping like I guess because Jessica said that it it was a bird they like threw her a bone and they're like we're gonna play some bird noises for Jessica and uh howling noises and you know that of course none of these noises are like actually happening at the time (laughs) Plus they have so the crickets funny. going, like they have everything, they, as if it's Yosemite, like they have this. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, all of this sound design happening. I thought I saw something through the fence. <laughs> so that's what I understand, how can it eat back here and then come through here? <laughs> Got it. It's <gasps> killing the grass, whatever it is. Lord, don't smack me then. I'm scared. We need to call an exterminator. Jessica is scared to the point that even when they're in the kitchen, she like jumps because Casey moves. <laughs> this is one of the instances I feel like where she like played it up because she thought it was going to be funny. Yeah, but it's actually so sad that it ended up happening to her in real life. Like she oh, had every reason to be afraid, actually, you know, I she just know. didn't know it. Oh, gosh. R.I.P. Daisy. We lo- you're an icon. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
She was so cute. She was so cute. So Nick actually makes a fair point. I'm going to give Nick some props. He's like, how did you guys survive living in Texas? (laughs) (laughs) It's true with armadillos and they probably have rattlesnakes there, right? They have tarantulas. No thanks. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like in, I'm sure in their like suburban neighborhood, there probably wasn't anything because Casey says, oh, well, they don't come to your house. I'm like, what? Because I grew up in the country. I grew up with bears in our yard. Like it was a very commonplace thing. If, you know, like people would always be calling into work or school and being like, oh, I'm going to be late. There's a bear on my yard. Because if there is, you can't leave your house. Literally. Like it was a, it was known in my, in my area of Northwest New Jersey. Like it was known as like a legitimate excuse for not being on time to something. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm really familiar with this whole like, oh, there's an animal like can't move now. Like everyone stay still, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it's really funny that they had no experience like that in Texas whatsoever. I know. It just seems like Jessica experienced the church singing, having a sister and that uh, going to like the youth camp and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just that sheltered life all around. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many new things for her. So then they go to Louisville, Kentucky for the Kentucky Derby. And they are going to the big Barnstable Brown Gala, which they have every year the night before the Derby. And it's a very fancy, you know, a lot of people call it the Celebrity Gala. But actually, I looked it up and anybody can go. The tickets for this year, which it's coming up because the the Derby's on May 7th. So May 6th is the Barnstable Gala. And if you have an extra $1,495 sitting around, you too can go to the gala so that's the cost of a plate (laughs) dear lord no thank you yeah and it's a it's a big event over there like a lot of people go to that instead of the derby because you can wait outside and meet all the celebrities okay and i actually noticed that when they they came up there was that big trim spa bus do you remember the whole trim spa thing yes i did notice that yeah and then they had um the uh Anna Nicole's boyfriend who she had a baby with yes I made a note of that I was like was that Anna Nicole Smith's baby daddy question mark question mark question mark (laughs) (laughs) it was and I think they were dating at the time because her baby was born in September 2006 which means she would have gotten pregnant in like January so I could see them dating in 2004 2005 wow yeah I think that's why they showed him because like why else would they they hold on him for a good couple seconds yeah you know? they did so anyway before they get there though there's this whole scene of Jessica says that she doesn't want to get there early because last time they got there early and it was embarrassing they they were just like sitting there and so they wanted to be like a whole hour late but then the guys get all pissed at them for taking a long time to get ready and I'm like but aren't they supposed to be late? Yeah, I think they were more than an hour, though. Didn't Nick say they took, like, four hours to get ready? <laughs> They're staying with their friends, Tony and Lisa, from the previous episode that we – that the previous Newlyweds episode, which is the baby episode. Yes, Mason, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Mason's so cute. So cute. So they're staying with them again, and uh, when Lisa comes downstairs, Tony's like, wow, it's amazing what three hours can do. <laughs> <laughs> What I was obsessing over was that they said it started at nine. I'm like, what starts at nine? Like, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. They they were shooting to get there at 10. So if they got there at like 1030, that's a pretty late night party. And then they went out partying after that. Yes. That is a late night. But I loved their – they looked so good. Like, I love Jessica's dress. That was gorgeous with the lace on the top, the black mm-hmm. dress. It was so pretty. She looked so good, and I loved how she did her hair and everything. Like, I don't think her hair and makeup team was there, and she did a pretty good job. Yeah, she did. It might she have took, awesome. taken a while, but she did a good job. 
absolutely it was worth it so yes. don't complain nick but it was <laughs> it was funny how like nick is like okay who's gonna go up there me or you <laughs> And well, then, you can tell they've probably taken turns going up there like every 20 minutes just to like check on progress. <laughs> like they're going to yell if it's Nick coming up every time or Tony coming up every time. So they have to take turns. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Like Tony went up and you could hear like his, he's still mic'd and you could hear him and he's like, wow, you got, he's like telling them you look great. You look great. As if they're just going to be like, oh, okay. And then just like come walking down the stairs with him. <laughs> and then he's, he says to Nick, he's like, well, uh, you know, one of them actually has sweatpants on. <laughs> And he doesn't say which one of them it is, which I think is funny. Like, why wouldn't you just say, oh, Jessica's still wearing sweatpants, you know? Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> it is funny. And they're just standing there with their beers. And I'm like, you know what? You men have no idea what we have to go through. So just stop. See, and I was watching this thinking, this is a total role reversal from my house. Because in my house, I'm the one who's ready to go in five minutes and my husband takes forever he does yeah he takes I mean not like Jessica forever but compared <laughs> to me who's ready in like five minutes like I run the straight if we're going somewhere fancy I run the straightener through my hair in like two minutes flat eyeliner on my on my eyes and I'm ready to go throw whatever I'm wearing it, it's like I'm very low maintenance in that respect um but my husband will take he'll be up there for like 20 to 30 minutes and I'm like oh my god Come on. Is he like super into fashion or something? No, I don't know what takes him so long. I honestly don't. Because even getting <laughs> ready for work in the morning takes him like a solid 20 minutes. And I'm like, I see in his closet, like he has the button down ready the day before. So he already knows what shirt he's wearing. It's brush teeth, put the clothes on, put the gel on there. I don't know why it takes 20 minutes, but it somehow does. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're with Nick on this one. You're like, hurry it up. <laughs> oh yeah. I am totally with Nick on this one. Like if it takes me longer than 10 minutes to get ready, that is like a weird day. <laughs> if you're married to Jessica though, you this is something that you have to just accept and like find an activity to do in that hour or something. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, Put on this, a movie. <laughs> this is definitely one of those things where it's like, have you met her before? Like, you've been together how long? And especially now where you're in, like, season – I think they call this season 2.5, technically. Um, mm -hmm. Like, she was, like, a fashion icon at this point. Like, you know that she is going to go all out to make sure that she is, like, the talk of the town. Like, you know this is coming. Go see a movie. Go to the theater and then come back. Right. Exactly. Especially because she's going to be on the red carpet. And if her if her team isn't there, she's probably like, oh, I haven't have to deal with people saying I look bad or whatever, you know. Yeah. Nick needed to calm down. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as on her birthday. Do you remember her birthday episode? <laughs> yeah. That pissed me off because it was her birthday. At least this was like a normal day. Can you imagine being at her birthday party and it's like three hours in and it's like, where is she? Yeah. I do also think that's kind of rude though. Like if everybody shows up to see you and you're super late, like I, I wouldn't do that either. But yeah. Then, so like I said, they uh, they arrived to the gala. Nicole Richie was also there with her iconic Simple Life hair with the yellow mm -hmm. and black streaks. I was like, oh my god, that hair. Yep. I didn't watch The Simple Life, but I did recognize that hair immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I love how even not seeing the show, you're like, yep. Yep. <laughs> That's some 2004 hair. Mm-hmm. Then they have the after party and Jessica literally lets down her hair for the party. Yeah. They look like they're having a lot of fun. Drew, it's funny that he won Dancing with the Stars because he is not dancing well in this episode. He had clearly had a lot to drink. <laughs> yes, they were they were uh, enjoying themselves for sure. Yeah. Poor Tony's over there falling asleep. Oh my God, that was so funny. That would totally be me. Like I turned into a pumpkin at nine, leave me alone. <laughs> I know. I'm so I, – I was watching Sex and the City recently, re-watching it. It's one of my favorite shows, but I hadn't watched it 
all through in years and I was like oh my gosh I miss this I miss going out and like seeing people and doing things but like I just get so especially like since the pandemic when we all were just like staying inside I'm like it's hard to do this (laughs) it's really hard really really hard like we went to a concert in October I want to say and it was our first time doing basically anything since COVID and we got home it was in Boca which is like an hour away from me and we got back so late like it had to have been midnight or later and I did not know what to do with myself the next day because <laughs> her sound machine turns green at 6 30 a.m to let her know she can wake up and I was not ready <laughs> yeah I yeah I definitely related to Tony I have to really want to do something to go out like that at this mm-hmm. point in my life like I have to really it has to be like people I love or like a really really fun party or a, con- a concert is a good reason that I'll actually do it but <laughs> yeah it has to be a really good reason yeah then they get in the in the van and nick is like you guys are a faint shadow of the couple i used to know <laughs> and i wonder if they used to be like wild partiers because he met tony in college right i think so yeah so yeah i i would love to hear stories of back in the day and the guys talk about how late the girls will be again the next day <laughs> Oh, and we didn't talk about it. it was so funny on the way there. I actually thought they were drunk on the way there because they were doing like that thing with like Jessica was telling her to make that face to do the makeup, but they were so, so, so silly about it. And the guys yeah. were like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was lots of champagne as they got ready or something. Then they are talking about how like how they're going to bet. And Lisa says that Tony just bets on every horse so that he could win something. And I hear that a lot with even just in general with the racetrack, like a lot of people just bet on everything so they don't end up totally broke mm-hmm. by the end. But Jessica wants to bet on this horse, Smarty Jones. She was even <laughs> saying it the day before. She's like, I want to bet on Smarty Jones. The other thing that's funny about this part is there's all these kids outside the house, like just standing there. I thought that was so weird. And then like chasing them as they drive away. Like, I want to know these kids there every day. Like these kids are young. There's no way they know who Nick and Jessica are. Well, I don't know. How young were they? Because I, in 2004, if I heard that Nick and Jessica were in my neighborhood, I would have lost my mind. But there did seem to be a lot of like even younger kids there too. Yeah. Like maybe there could have been older ones there that I just didn't notice. I was just seeing the younger ones and I was like, what are they doing? Yeah, and they were so insistent that even when they left, they were chasing the car. Yeah, it was weird. (laughs) I felt bad for them because, like, all they did was wave and get in the car. I know. And I felt bad for Nick and Jessica, too, because it's like you think you're going to Kentucky and you're staying with friends and you're escaping the paparazzi. You're escaping all of that for, like, a few days. And, nope, kids chasing you on a lawn. It's crazy because they didn't have security or anything like that. And they just totally showed Tony and Lisa's house and everything. And I wonder, how did the kids even find out that they were there? Because, like, there was no social media. Like, how do they know they're staying in that exact house? I don't know. Like, maybe a neighbor and then a neighbor told friends at school. I don't that that's the only thing I could think of. It's so weird. Yeah. So, yeah, Jessica comes downstairs wearing her gorgeous Escada dress and her big hat cuz if anyone out there doesn't know, the Kentucky Derby is famous for all the women wear really big extravagant hats. Mhm. And they get interviewed on the way in. Jessica says the Derby is more about dressing well than the race. Obviously, because they miss most of the racing. <laughs> of course. Oh, oh. Shut up, man! I tell you, not many Pick people can pull off a brown suit like he can. Ah, this stuff. I want my shoes to be dirty. 
Just keep walking, baby. And then it, it rains horribly, and it reminded me of Woodstock 99. <laughs> that shot of everyone, I guess there was like a, a little valley on the field, and they there was this huge muddy pool of water that accumulated, and people were just like jumping in it. That is crazy, because I thought the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby is like a classy event. <laughs> yeah. And it was wild. Like, it seemed like everyone who wasn't in a VIP box, like Nick and Jessica, were very miserable. Oh, I would have been totally miserable. And you could yeah. see, like, it was totally clearing out. Mm-hmm. The hats are, like, a problem the whole time because <laughs> J- Jessica and Leah are trying to take a picture and they, you know, they're like, okay, how should we do this? Which way do I lean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I actually thought it was really funny when the actual race happens, which is always called the most exciting two minutes in sports. It, it actually is a very genuinely cute scene for the two of them. Like yeah. it's probably one of the last really, really cute scenes on the show where they look genuinely happy together and they're so excited. And Nick is like, I mean, you know how he is with his beloved sports. Mm-hmm. And he's like so into it. And even Jessica is like screaming. And they actually film them from below because at first you can't even see Jessica because the hat is is blocking her and that you know that the producers are probably in the ear like you have to get this shot and I'm like how did they get underneath her like that I know it must have been in one of the other boxes or something like you're kicking people out of here to get a shot those poor people who paid probably good money to be there yeah I just imagine a cameraman leaning over breaking his back with one of those big cameras like trying to get a shot of Jessica poor man don't get paid enough for this oh my god definitely not (laughs) especially in the in the rain too and oh my god so Nick actually, he's like explaining the betting to Jessica before that. And he is actually playing it safe. He's betting on a lot of different horses. And Jessica's like, no, bet $500 on Smarty Jones. But he didn't. He spread out his money. And then Smarty Jones is the winner. He's the winner. What I found funny too is that he you hear him explaining it to Jessica. But like in a, a scene before that, you see someone explaining everything to him. <laughs> And that would totally be me because like there's a website TV line. I don't know if you've heard of it and they'll post like odds on people winning certain like contests sometimes like dancing with the stars and things like that. And it'll be like 13 to one odds, 21 to two odds. I'm like, I have no clue what any of this means. And that was like seeing Nick get all that explained to him. That was like me. Yeah. That's, that's always me trying to get the information from somebody. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Smarty Jones wins and Nick and Jessica are being so cute. She's like, did I not say, I've been saying this, you know, that he was going to win. And Nick is like, you did. And he goes, you're the Smarty Jones. And she goes, (laughs) I'm smart. That's why I picked him. It's really cute. Yes. That's definitely one of like the last cute scenes, I think. Yeah. And they're like hugging and kissing and the cameraman is so struggling to like capture it. Smarty. I thought Lionheart was going to do it for me. Why does this continue to happen in sports? Did I not say Smarty Jones? Yes. 
You did, baby. I did. I'm, You're the Smarty Jones. I'm smart. That's why I You're chose the him. Smarty Jones. How do you know sports better than I know sports? This is not right. What? It's not fair. You just shop for bags and then you pick winners. It's because you think about it too much and I just choose what name I like. So you just won like 1525 bucks. Oh, God. I get all of it. Damn it. 15. First Georgia Tech, now this. Yeah, it's really sweet. You could tell that they were having a genuinely fun time together, which a lot of the time they do not seem to enjoy each other's company on this show. And no. Sadly, I think that's what a lot of people liked about it and found relatable because a lot of people are in marriages that, you know, <laughs> aren't doing so well. No. Yeah. And it was definitely one of the last times that I think we see that because like once you asked me to be on, I'm like, what are the other episodes that are coming after this? So I'm like looking at my DVD set and I'm like, oh, I, I don't remember anything really cutesy from anything else coming up. <laughs> No, they were running out of steam at this point. Yeah. The marriage and the show, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. Like, this was definitely at the point where I think this is, I think, one of the last classic, like, classic moment episodes, I think. Yeah, for sure. So Nick is complaining that Jessica, he's like, how do you always keep getting things right in sports? Because she had also bet on Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. A few episodes ago, I can't remember. They did show it. I can't remember what was happening. But yeah, I don't think she actually bet on them, but she kept saying they were going to win, knowing nothing. And, he, and she's like, yeah, that's because you always like think about it too much, and I just pick the name that I like. Right. I feel like instead of doing these dumb like weight loss sponsorships and like Claire's, she needs to do like a Patreon of like, pay me $5 and I'll fill out your March Madness bracket for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I know I just it's crazy that now Jessica is doing more brand deals too it's weird yeah I think that she's just spent a lot of money reacquiring her brand and she's trying to make some easy cash yeah I mean she'll make it back tenfold because I, I know there was a news article the other day of her expanding it to like was it men's fashions or something yeah she wants to expand men and boys Okay. And uh, health and wellness. And she said that she hasn't like gotten into the whole wellness aspect of the market, which is obviously a massive, massive part of it, especially mm -hmm. for women. So yeah, she'll make so, the money back in no time. You're right. She knows how to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then they're back home. Nick is shoveling more droppings out of the yard and he has called the exterminator. Jessica's just inside reading a magazine. He tells the exterminator, I think it is a raccoon. It's just a huge raccoon. And I'm like, how big do you think they get, Nick? I know. Like, how did you give up that easily? Figure out what this is. The biggest raccoon I've seen could not fit that much uh, excrement in no. its intestines. Okay, like. <laughs> that was like the size of two legs stacked on top of each other of a raccoon. There's no way yeah. it could be that big. Yeah. So. I don't know. We'll never know. If I ever, you know, next time you see Nick, can you please ask him to clear this up? We'll do. What happened? Because we Top need to Top of my list. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm sure you want to use your like two minutes with him <laughs> to talk about animal feces. So, <laughs> so <laughs> speaking of adding in dialogue, they actually do add in fake dialogue here, but it doesn't tell us anything really. They show Jessica reading a magazine and clearly like Nick's not in there, but then they have him say in a voiceover, okay, Jess, the exterminator's gonna take care of everything. And she's like, I hope so. Like it's so like the end of an I Love Lucy or something. 
And then they put in, and then they show it's like, okay, now it's at night. They're trying to sleep. And they put in a howling noise. Yes. And and Jessica's voiceover is, did you hear that? And Nick goes, dang it. And the episode <laughs> ends. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, why were they so desperate? They should have shown more of them, like, at the party and the Kentucky Derby. And, like, they could have just done a whole episode on that. Why are they putting fake voiceovers? Like, what? Especially because if he's saying, dang it, that would mean that the exterminator came and the exterminator took care of it. So if the exterminator took care of it, what was it? Yeah, there was nothing. I think they just, they were like, okay, how do we end this? Okay, Jess, the exterminator's going to take care of everything. I hope so. (gasps) Do you hear that? Dang it. We don't have any footage. We just let's we put in animal noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the episode. And we basically already did a fashion segment because we have talked about all of the outfits. We did. The only thing we didn't talk about that I'll mention is even when Jessica first got to the store, she was wearing that blazer, which like I'm not even sure if I like it or not because it's very loud. It was like striped, like pink, green, and orange. Do you remember that? I wrote that down because I actually liked it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's very bold. Like I think I think how I feel is I wouldn't wear it, but I think it looks good on Jessica and it goes yes. with that whole Escada. Yes. Their whole aesthetic, I feel like. Mhm. And then I really liked her like casual white sweater, sweatshirt, zip up thing that they were wearing when they went to dinner. She looked mm-hmm. so cozy. <laughs> she did. And that was a pretty nice restaurant, but her and Casey both wore like their juicy sweats and like no makeup, which she looks better than most of the world with makeup the way Jessica is without makeup. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she was like totally chilled out for a fancy restaurant. I agree. Yeah. And she, I mean, she always looks cute in her very, very plain. Flawless. Like whenever she's, yeah, like whenever she's wearing something that's nothing special, she looks so good. Mm-hmm. So since you are a loyal listener of this podcast, you know that we rate the episode at the end. Yes. And that I'll just tell for anyone if they're listening for the first time that we don't rate stars like four out of five stars. We rate based on something from the episode. So if it was the first episode of Newlyweds, you could rate, I thought it was three out of five cans of chicken of the sea. So Jenna, what do you rate this episode, the Kentucky Derby and why? I was going to say 2.5 out of five Derby hats. It has like the classic moments in it of like all of her fashion stuff, her winning Smarty Jones. And you have like the classic Nick and Drew being men trying to be tough and do things themselves. I would have rated it higher if the stories meshed better together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what keeps the rating a little lower for me, but I think it's also because I know what's coming and like what's coming is a lot of clunkers. So I think it makes me think a little bit higher of this episode too knowing what's coming yeah yeah we're reaching we're reaching the end but i am actually gonna go a little higher i'm gonna do three out of five gigantic raccoons (laughs) because i feel like it's so rare that we get some genuinely good cute nick and jessica moments and i just really love when they win and Mm -hmm. they're like hugging and kissing and stuff and they seem to be actually really still in love at this point and Mm -hmm. they're like a year and a half out from a divorce yeah 
so it's just nice to see. And I love the outfits. I love the shopping spree. I agree. The storylines are so mismatched and don't belong together. Uh, but I do like that it's kind of – it's very classic. Like, it's very classic Nick and classic Jessica. Like, she's sure. shopping and having fun and saying silly things. And, you know, uh, Nick is in the yard. With power tools and drinking beer. Yeah. Which I said to you when you first messaged me about this episode after watching it, you were like, oh, Nick in the yard is just like my husband. And I was like, well – if Nick does write a book, his book is going to be like a whole chapter about the yard. Yep. Like <laughs> yard work. <laughs> isn't there one coming up with him mowing the lawn or like putting on the, like putting new grass in the yard? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that episode is literally painful. called Nick's Lawn. Oh God. <laughs> so stay tuned for that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Your commentary will be much more entertaining than the episode. I can already guarantee that. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much. (laughs) I hope so. Well, Jenna, thank you so, so much for joining me on the podcast. Um, I know that you don't really have a public social media presence, so do you want to promote anything or no? Uh, I don't really have anything to promote. (laughs) If people want to follow me, they can. It's just at Jenna Braze. But, yeah, nothing really to promote. Awesome. Well, if you do ever need to promote anything, feel free to come back on. And <laughs> you can you can always 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 have a home here at the Ashley and Jessica cast to promote thank anything you. you want. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you everybody for joining us again. Thank you for listening. I will see you next time. We have so many things in the works right now. We have more Lindsay. We have an Ashley Simpson show episode in the works. I'm so excited because I have another new guest coming on for that. So stay tuned, everyone, and I hope you all have a wonderful week. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capria Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessica cast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessica cast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessica cast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.